Welcome back to another episode of Conspiracies with Chase. In today's episode, we'll be starting another new series. This one is Urban Myths and Legends International. In this series, we'll be discussing urban legends from countries around the world. Let's get started. One quick note before we get started is that these two series, being Urban Myths and Legends International and Mythology, these are not going to be every single episode back to back. These are going to be like one episode every now and again that is because i feel like both you guys and me would get tired of it and today's countries of discussion are mexico china japan honduras and canada and our first country in this new series is mexico and their urban legend is chupacabra the chupacabra is a popular legend in latin america it is a monstrous creature that attacks animals and consumes their blood this creature is the southern version of the Sasquatch. The name is derived from the Spanish word chuper to suck and cabra goat and can be translated as goat sucker, according to Britannica. Also from Britannica, chupacabras were first reported in 1995 in Puerto Rico, where they were blamed for the attacks on goats, sheep, and other domestic animals, supposedly leaving uneaten carcasses that were drained of blood. Early reports resemble a large reptilian kangaroo with red glowing eyes. Other reports claim seeing a creature the size of a small bear. Others claim to see the creature having spines down its back. Whichever it is, it sounds terrifying. While no actual specimens were found, reports have been spotted throughout the Americas. Some people have been spending their entire lives dedicated to trying to find proof or even capture a chupacabra. According to AllThatInteresting.com, her name was Madeline Tolentino, and she had seen the chupacabra through a window at her home in Canavanas a town east of San Juan in 1995. A bipedal creature with black eyes, reptilian skin, and spines down its back, she claimed, was responsible for the animal attacks that were becoming so commonplace in the country. She said it hopped like a kangaroo and reeked of sulfur. In that same article, I found a possible counter-argument for the legend. For years, chupacabras have only been stuff of folklore and internet conspiracy theories. Then came the bodies. In the early 2000s in Texas and elsewhere in the southwestern United States, people started finding dead bodies resembling the Chupacabra's description, hairless, four-legged creatures with burnt-looking skin. About a dozen have turned up since then. Farmers and ranchers called the authorities having no idea what these creatures could have been, but it turns out the answer is pretty simple. They were mostly dogs and coyotes. The reason these animals get identified as Chupacabras is because they've lost their hair owing to sarcoptic mange, Bradburn explained. Sarcoptic mange, a highly contagious skin disease fairly common in dogs, focuses its sufferers to itch away at mites burrowing under their skin. The skin ultimately loses its hair and becomes abnormally thick, and then the itching produces nasty-looking scabs. All of that information also came from allthatinteresting.com. We are now switching from Mexico and moving to the Asian country of China. China's urban legend is the monstrous Mongolian deathworm. This creature is said to live in the Gobi Desert, and the worm is said to be red in color, between 2 to 5 feet long, and as thick as a man's arm. Although the common size is 2 to 5 feet, some claim that they can grow to be much larger than that, which would make this worm even more terrifying. Sometimes referred to as the intestine worm because of its rigid intestine-like appearance, this cryptid is greatly feared by locals due to its highly toxic or possibly acid-like venom. 
according to thatsbangs.com. From local beliefs, the death worm has the ability to spray its venom from a decent distance. The poisonous substance is supposedly enough to kill a camel or a horse. Also from thatsbangs.com, according to believers who note that many areas near the China-Mongolia border are difficult to access or restricted, and that the death worm spends most of its year underground, only surfacing when it rains, which is just about two months a year. Not moving too far from China, it's time for Japan's urban legend. Japan's urban legend is Kuchisake Ona, or the Slipmouth Woman. Kuchisake Ona is a very vengeful ghost and appears as a beautiful woman who roams the streets at night. This woman wears a face mask and carries a concealed pair of scissors. This is important to her story coming up. According to an.japantravel.com, if you are unlucky enough to meet Kuchisake Ona during a stroll, she will ask you if you think she is beautiful. As with Ekamanto, consider your answer like your life depends on it, since it actually does. If you say no, she will immediately murder you with her scissors. If you say yes, she will remove her face covering to reveal a gaping mouth that has been slit from ear to ear in a haunting smile. Then she will ask you again. Say no, and you die. But stick with yes, and she will slit your mouth like hers. The only way to escape her is to tell her that she looks average. I'm going to leave that urban legend right there. Moving back from the other side of the planet, it's time for Honduras. This urban legend is called the Sinaguaba. The only thing I can find about this urban legend comes from LifePersona.com. According to that website, it is the story of a very pretty girl who appears near a river at midnight before men who betray their wives or girlfriends. She loves and loves them, but when they accept the innuendo, she becomes an ogre. And the last destination for today's episode is Canada. Canada's urban legend is the burning ship in Northumberland Strait. According to wikipedia.org, in Canadian ghost lore, the ghost ship in Northumberland Strait is a ghost ship set to sail ablaze within the Northumberland Strait, the body of water that separates Prince Edward Island from Nova Scotia and New Brunswick in eastern Canada. More encounters have been described from foxharbor.com. Quote, the ghost ship has been accounted for in print for more than a century, with New Brunswick scientist William Francis Gannon writing a sober-minded account of it in the 1905 Bulletin of the Natural History Society of New Brunswick. That journal reads, in its usual form, the light is roughly hemispherical. It has its flat side to the water, and at times it simply glows without much change of form, but at other times it rises into slender moving columns, giving rise to an appearance capable of interpretation as the flaming rigging of a ship, its vibrating and dancing movements creasing the illusion, its origin is probably electrical. More fanciful accounts of the ghost ship are attested into Roland H. Sherwood's 1948 story Parade, a book about the legends of the Maritimes in which he claims the ship has been seen for at least 200 years. A fairly long description can also be found in Helen Champion's travel book, over on the island, published in 1939. These two books seem to have built up on the popularity of the ship, and the ghost ship started to be accounted for regularly in newspapers from the 50s onwards. Sherwood even returned to the subject in his 1975 book, Phantom Ship of the Northumberland Strait and Other Mysteries of the Sea. And that is going to wrap up today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you like, subscribe, and rate us five stars. Join us next week on Conspiracies with Chase when we discuss the Philadelphia Experiment.
Thanks for listening. I'm Chase Abden with Conspiracies with Chase, welcoming you to the new series.